Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Good evening, and welcome to Script Shop. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Jack. Count Jackula, well, if you of, will. I was doing. I was trying to do like a uh, like a maestro thing, since that's going to be part oh, of the script that we're reading. Do today. it again. Let me rehear this maestro mm. voice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Script Shop. Oh. I'm Jack. That doesn't work at all. All I can think about is the critic from Ratatouille. That's oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's well, who you look like well, that's, when you do that voice. <laughs> that's what I look like. He's hideous. He's hideous. <laughs> he's, he's a wraith. <laughs> he just needs a little happiness in his life. He just needs that ratatouille. That's true. Well, uh, we got a little ratatouille for you on the show today. Hi, everybody. This is Jack. And this is Normal Allison. Yes, and this is our normal podcast where we talk to screenwriters about their scripts. That's right. We love talking to screenwriters and figuring out why they wrote the things that they wrote because we believe that all writers and humans and artists have a true connection to the work that they put out into the world. And so we take it upon ourselves to dive into their stories and then figure out how it connects to their stories. Yes. If you will. And I wish you would. (laughs) I did. I totally went there. Uh, If you're on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you can find us and you should uh, connect with us. And we would love if you do that. Look up Script Shop Show on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Twitter and and be our friend. We're thirsty for friendship. We're obviously two dorky redheads Mm -hmm. who read a lot. Reading is wonderful. So, you know. Help us be cool in the in this century and find us and friend us and what's the other F word you follow us follow us on Facebook Instagram Twitter that would be also sweet. go to scriptshopshow dot com because if you're a writer or you know a writer yes and you have a great story that you've written and you want to talk about it send it our way you can do that at scriptshopshow dot com slash submit um you know what use the phrase that pays hashtag hot burrito <laughs> to get yourself to the front of the line with those screenplays we'll read them we'll eat burritos we'll get you on the show it's so funny how comfortable we've gotten with this whole hot burrito thing and like not even because now that we're past episode one hundred I don't know that we necessarily need to feel obligated to explain the hot burrito thing every yeah, that's time right because at this point I'm sort of losing the thread on the origins of that thing i totally know it because i was re-listening to some of our shows the other day oh yeah and i caught the hot burrito it's the one where philip and olive make an appearance oh god they in that one yes because we were driving down the road and for some reason i was telling philip about this idea of trying to give people a phrase that pays Mm -hmm. so you know in case you do listen to the show you can get your script to the front of the reading queue yes and then i completely forgot about it and then we're here and you brought you uh, for some reason we went on this tangent about god and hot burritos and microwaves right can god microwave a burrito so hot that even he He couldn't eat it (laughs) and i went ding 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 let's connect these two things there we go and that was it that's it and that was a that was now we've re-explained it to everybody who's listened since past episode 100 that was a piece of script shop history you're welcome folks uh we're also on patreon if you have a little bit of extra money and are interested in potentially supporting the show on a financial level that's that's an incredible uh wonderful thing for you to even consider just even thinking about it is is truly an honor and if you uh were interested in doing that you can look up script shop show on patreon what are we reading today uh well i had a question actually about patreon yes on a scale of 1 to 10, how annoying do you think it would be if any time you brought up Patreon, I just in the background started saying, Rink. Rink. <laughs> you, you do Rink. it anyway. Rink. I didn't do it that time because I actually thought, is this annoying or not? <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. It's just, it's, just, it's just a little bit more lore that we need to uh, make sure people Play understand with. the show continuity well, of, you know with what? Reenies and Roonies. Stay tuned for the next episode where the rinking and the rooning come back for the Reenies and Roonies of Patreon. Oh my God. So today we're going to be reading this incredible short script, Discord, which was written by Helena Taylor and Jack Smith. It's a 13-page written and imaginative. I've got to say that again. 13-page written and imaginative sensory explosion, mm. featuring talent, career climbing, and the hashtag #MeToo movement. Yes, for sure. That's 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 a very. I'm always impressed by your summaries of uh, what the uh, main themes of the script are. It's pretty much all I got going for me. So I really put all <laughs> my good. eggs in that basket. That's good. It's <laughs> totally fine. I love doing that though, because you know it's it's like the, especially the shorts. You get so much for 
so little page space. Yes. And being able to yes. encompass what it is and what it feels like, I think, is really important. Well, and we had the honor of having this script featured at the Independent Film Festival, mm-hmm. the, the sort of gift that keeps on giving. One of the things I really like the most about the festival, in addition to the festival itself, is the idea that it's another way for us to find interesting work. And then if the writers can't necessarily come in for the festival, we can still connect with them here through the show. And it's another way for us to try to get that work out there to people. And that's Further exactly that platform. what we're doing now. Yeah, that's right. So we're excited to get uh, into Discord. And on that note, let's talk to Helena and Jax. Hi, how are you? Hi, we're good. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Where are you both calling us from? I'm Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're up bo- north. <laughs> the, the yeah, West Coast up north. Yeah, Pacific Northwest, it where is. it usually rains, but we've had some pretty good weather. I might be lying about that, but it's uh, yeah, she's beautiful. not lying. I can say it's beautiful out. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, that's a very popular place for various uh, projects to to shoot in. Is that why you guys are based there to be able to be closer to various production sites? Mm, Helena, you want to answer first for you? Yeah. Well, I would say that um, you know I was born and raised here, and then it was just by luck that this incredible industry came my way, but I ended up living in in New York for a while for the industry, but coming back most definitely is because it's, it's a hub in Canada, just like Toronto, Mm -hmm. Vancouver would be Hollywood North. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I just loved the green and the oceans and the nature and Wanted to be here for my heart. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> that's one of my favorite answers, by the way, when people are like, you know, I actually just knew this was a good place for me. Yeah. And I go, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You <laughs> yeah. let that heart blossom. Yeah. I'm originally from Toronto, actually. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I moved out here. Became a West Coast girl. <laughs> so you guys wrote a script called Discord, uh, which is a short script about a, uh, a young woman who is an orchestral pianist uh, and her tete-a-tete uh, with the maestro of a, of, a, of a symphony that she's looking to uh, potentially involve herself in a little bit more. Um, is this something, that you, as far as writing goes, is this a normal thing for you guys? Writing teams are always kind of interesting. Let me try to find one question and stick with it. Uh, do you guys write a lot <laughs> together? Jax, I'll let you answer that one. Uh, right now we do, yes. Uh, it's interesting, actually. Discord was our first um, our first combined effort. It was our first partnering was this script. Um, we were both, uh, or both, we are both friends with Ashley Alexander, who's a, a really talented actor and producer here in town, and uh, we both wanted to work with her. And I think it was Ashley who connected us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were and... lucky. We're, we got ended up getting connected by Ashley. So she actually is the one responsible for putting us together on this magic yes. ride. Thank you, yeah, Ashley. And we, and we wrote this for her to mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to have a role and, and play and 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 uh, and for her to produce as a vehicle for her for acting. And um, so yeah, since then we've written quite a bit together. But uh, before that, we hadn't been. I personally have had uh, a few partnerships I really enjoy working with other writers um I, it just sort of cuts all the loneliness out of the process and I always feel like my writing improves by it um I I love it uh, some people will deter you from it but I think it's I think it's great and it kind of gives you the benefits almost I like being in a in a tv room really a writing room because you have that back and forth and you know when you get blocked the other writer can pick it up and and continue and then kind of bounce off each other. It just has a momentum to it that when it works, it can really work in my experience. Yeah. Somehow us coming together, it's interesting because you're not quite sure where the secret sauce is and, you know, you don't quite know at the beginning how it's working until someone else sort of responds to the material. So we both kind of could identify what, what our strengths were with each other and it just started to really work where we could sort of play off each other. And there were times we wouldn't even know who had written what you, we just couldn't decipher it because of the way that the energy or the creativity worked. We could go back and read it and Jax would assume I had written that and I would assume she had. So we just didn't know how some things came together. No, you're perfect. No, no, you're perfect. No, you're perfect. Seems so good. Something like that. So what are your strengths with each other? You know, you said it t- took a little bit of time to figure it out. You don't know what the sauce is. And then what? how do you guys end up complimenting each other? 
Mm. Um, I'd say uh, Helena's incredible at research um, and specificity. And so she'll bring in specifics that just, um, oh, I just think it gives it that edge, you know? Um, and she always has things that she's sending me to read and to look at. And that's one of the things that I find is I'm one of many, but that's one of the strengths from Helena that I definitely benefit from. Um, it, there's just, our, the script is so well researched and then it, 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 yeah, anyway, that's, that's the first one I'll throw on the table. Mm. <laughs> well, I definitely find, you know, if we're go going to go down this, no, but I love you more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do find um, working with Jax is there's um, this kind of raw honesty to the dialogue where there, you know, I might have a tendency to sort of move from a moment and Jax will sort of bring it back and go, no, wait, this, this moment is an honest moment. We owe this to the characters and, and those will be the moments that land that, that have people sort of feel like a character will resonate. So she permits me to sort of trust that those moments really matter. And she's very capable of bringing those moments onto the page. Thank you. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I think, I think uh, we both also, one of the things that is, I'll say that's similar that benefits us is that we both very much trust the actor. Like we, we trust the actor in our writing. We trust the director. We, we, we trust their interpretation of moments and we don't, um, and, and that's something I really like that I, that, uh, that Helena also has the same view on that as me. Um, that's because we both come from an acting background. So I think that's proven helpful for us. Uh, do you agree, Helena? Or am I, I, I do, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it helps that you've been on the other side and have to understand, you know, actors spend most of their time trying to understand that character. So from a writer's perspective, we kind of know an actor is going to do their homework. So we just have to put, you know, a, a description on the page that's brief and we, we can trust an actor is going to explore that. Right. Mm -hmm. well, well, speaking of your histories, could you guys talk about what your, you know, your past in the industry has been and, and really where writing started showing up as a, yeah. as a talent or a hobby for you? Um, Beauty before age, Jax, that's you. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you, oh. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I, um, I was a dancer first, and then um, I guess I'm still a dancer, but that was the main focus for me. And then I moved into acting. Um, and I would just say I, I had this... Um, I started to step behind the camera and direct first, and I directed um, small like uh, video content for uh, not-for-profits and music videos and uh, little public service announcement spots. And I was that was sort of my film school. I was learning uh, as I went. And around that same time, I started. I I wrote um I wrote a short script, and then it, it, I I turned that into a pilot. And it was interesting because I, I went to L.A. for some meetings as an actor and ended up having more meetings on the script than I did as an actor. <laughs> and um, I went, oh, I wonder if this is something, you know. Um, and that ended up being the first script of mine that got uh, optioned and optioned by um, Random Bench Productions with Liz Levine. And Liz Levine ended up, I ended up working on several things with her and I just did my first branded content series with her. Um, but it was just one of those things where I, I'd always written, but I hadn't really thought of a thought of being, I, I didn't, like, I didn't grow up thinking I'm going to, I'm going to do screenwriting. I was more on the, on the other side of things, performance, but, um, yeah, I, I guess that, I don't know if I'm answering the question here, but I <laughs> You're just, doing fine. Yeah, You're just I exploring. To, to, you know, I was frustrated. I wanted more momentum and then stepped behind camera and then thought, oh, wow, this is actually feels a lot better. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of ran with that. And that's mm -hmm. me. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, um, you know, I can say I've been in the industry for a couple decades, but just always in the peripheral of writing. Um, I, I mean, when I was in high school, I had a really great drama teacher and I come from that, that acting point too, but it was more about being a storyteller and I just couldn't 
grasp what that really meant, you know, when I was a teen. So it, it ended up being acting and that sort of felt like an extension of myself. But over time, um, being in the industry in front of the camera and then behind the camera, most often making a living being a stand-in for, you know, real actors um, uh, and reading the script a lot, I just started to realize, ah, storytelling is, it can be the writing part. It's not reading someone else's work and, and, and trying to interpret that and being in front of the camera. And um, so it was more exciting to actually realize that it, it could be a possibility. And it, it did start in high school where I, I wrote my first script and, and got a, a producer. I, I won a contest in, in up here, uh, CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Canada is like our kind of like our NPR up mm -hmm. here. And I got a chance to be mentored by a producer. And then, and then again, it was just in, always in the peripheral. And, and there was a point where it, it landed a little more probably about four years ago. Um, where I started to feel like, um, you know what it was, you know, Sons of Anarchy, there's a, mm. um, a actor who ended up becoming a screenplay writer and, and I read his work and I just thought this is possible, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so, and, and then it started, it starts always with shorts, like what Jackson and I did. And you, you just start to navigate your way from there. Mm -hmm. And then how did you two connect with each other professionally? Well, they were saying Ashley put them in touch, but it's like, what's the, how did you meet Ashley? And right. then when did she go, I think you yeah. two should be friends. Well, you know, what's really interesting about that is, is I moved back to Vancouver from New York, um, um, in light of, you know, what was happening with the political climate and everything. And I had some personal things that, that sort of landed me back into my hometown. And, um, I thought I'm going to work my way backwards and research people who um, have got a career in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And coincidentally, uh, Jack Smith's name popped up. So I learned about Jack's um, before I had met her. You and I Google thought, you know, searched? I did. <laughs> yes. you know, and, and let me <laughs> Thank <tell> you, Google. <laughs> no, whenever someone asks me how things work, I always say, if you're not doing your homework on the internet before you ask a question in person, because you can get so much information right. before you need to sort of, you know, start tapping into people in the industry. It's great to know people, but do your research. And, right. and then I ended up going to um, Women in Film um, Festival, which is part of the Women in Film Vancouver here. And Ashley was volunteering because she's a steadfast volunteer of everything in wow. uh, Vancouver. And, um, and, and she's the one who, uh, was talking with Jax and it really Jax, it was almost like, I was like, Oh, that's Jack Smith. <laughs> 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 and here we are. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not, I'm really, no, <laughs> but like, thank you. Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, yeah, for me, it was definitely, it was through Ash. Ashley just, I, oh, how did I know Ashley? Let me, that was the question, right? Uh, Ashley, how did I meet Ashley? Oh, Ashley worked on my first, the first short I directed, The Stakeout. She was, uh, part of my, my crew for that. Um, she helped on that. So she, I, I met her through that, through that project and then we'd stayed in touch, um, and then, yeah, yeah, she connected. And I knew I wanted to work with her. I was familiar with her acting. Um, and so, yeah, then she arranged for Helena and I to meet. And I'm so grateful. Mm. Yeah, it's a good example of who you know, you know, always sort yeah. of doing the networking in so some way, even though that sometimes to writers who are introverts doesn't feel organic at all. <laughs> Um, without alcohol involved, mm. but, um, <laughs> but most certainly doing that kind of networking, you know, it was a rainy day. I certainly did not feel like going out to this event, but, but it's such a perfect example of when you force yourself to get out there and start to, you know, well, talk with people in the industry. I'll just add to like women in film and TV is an excellent one. Um, mm -hmm. is an excellent one to go to any of their events, uh, or, are, are great. Like, um, I also was quite, I, I, when I first moved here from Toronto, I didn't know how to get started here. And, and women in film was one of the first places that I, I found that sense of community. And, um, there is a beautiful community here in Vancouver where really they champion each other. Um, 
and it's that you need that the industry can can beat you up so it's it's good to have that feeling of community and support you know well between the yeah. two of you you know you mentioned that this screenplay um there's a part written specifically for ashley and that she connected you guys but where did the spark for the story yeah. come from did somebody just say you know what i love this Let's write a story on it. Or, you know, what was it that really started blending your styles, your your strengths, Ashley Alexander, into what we have now? Yeah, because there's so many specifics in this script. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that, that's the fun part is, is plucking out all those specifics. That's, that's yeah. the joy of being a writer for sure, isn't it, Jax? Absolutely. Um, there was a, there was a, a, an episode of HBO Girls um, called I think it's called American Bitch. Is that right? American Bitch. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was blown away by this episode. I, I just by what uh, Lena Dunham explored in it, and found it so um, painfully relatable, and. I brought that to Helena uh, when we were we were in the middle of our brainstorming, and and Helena, we we ended up talking about uh, just how relatable that was, um, and I think that's that sort of that was one of the ways that we got sparked, right, Helena? Does that yeah. sound familiar to you? Yeah, for sure. And then there were some pieces in it that that um, happened where um, Ashley has misophonia, which is basically yeah. a heightened. Uh, sensitivity to sound uh-huh. and and we kind of felt like connecting that and in some way she she was thinking that addressing that in some way would be interesting and and another thing is from Ashley's perspective from an from an actor um having conversations with her and the roles that she had done in the past um she kind of you know I was hoping to to write something that could break Ashley out of um mm-hmm. some of uh the characters that she's very talented at doing but just sort of expanding what what she can do you know it's 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 different when you go to auditions and you get parts um and and they might always be the same like maybe being a reporter or a teacher but ash i I wanted ashley to sort of break out and have this moment in the bathroom which is in in Mm -hmm. the script um so so there was a couple pieces that ashley brought to us and then uh i played piano as a child and 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 just my thoughts of um maybe doing it, composing it to, uh, you know, I sort of brought to Jax, do you think we could do something where it, the sound is like layered in as music and I, I made it quite grand and, and Jax is very good at sort of reining me in, but you have to go there first. <laughs> You've got to go big, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So we sat down, brainstormed big, and then we pulled it into what those small moments could be. And, and you see it all on the page. It's just. Was, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, hon. Did you want to. No, no. Going? Um, I, I also, um, I was very excited. I I'm, I'm slated to direct this and I was excited by, uh, playing with sound like that, um, and really exploring sound, uh, for the direction. Um, so that became really exciting. I have a classical ballet, uh, upbringing. Um, so when Helena presented music, I was like, oh, this is, I mean, I know this, like, I, I know this world, you know, just a different version of this world. Um, and both of us know this world, even as, as actors, right. This, the kind of power place that can happen, um, at least like, at least in the arts, it's not something that's not unfamiliar for us. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the whole thing, and it, 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 and it seemed like it, it fell into place really nicely, this that we'd have her have misophonia, but also, but, um, you know, weaknesses, your weakness is your strength. So she's also, she may have this, that's a challenge, but she also, uh, as a result is just an exceptional pianist and composer. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was an exciting thing that we found in it too, in the process. At the time, the New York times, it's amazing how, um, serendipitous this stuff can be because, uh, New York Times had this huge article um, about uh, female composers mm. and and how few of them there are or conductors. Mm-hmm. So how few are actually have their own orchestra and are working in the industry. And and at the same time, um, there was an article that um, was talking about I, I believe it was Chicago, but it was a maestro who ended up um, having. Um, 
some issues based on on some harassment. Mm -hmm. So there was a combination of these things that were happening in the news that just sort of um, brought to light what we were thinking of doing. So it all kind of worked at the same time. So it, it was interesting timing. Sometimes these things just feel like they're meant to be, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about the, the, this misophonia condition because in, in the script, this Jane character is sometimes overwhelmed by sounds around her, whether it's people sort of talking not to her, but just she can hear noises and the jingling of plates and doors opening. And it, it can be overwhelming for her. And in, in the way you've written the script, the way that she copes with that is to find some kind of rhythm or melody in it that she's able to sort to put together in her head as a way of finding peace and i'm just curious is this so is that like a a summation of what ashley is is coping with uh i don't know i don't know if we i don't know if we can uh speak to that i feel like i'd, I'd want ashley to answer yeah, okay. <laughs> i'm not sure um i mean certainly we sculpted it based on on what she'd share shared with us right. um it's interesting because in the screenplay it reads as um at least to me as like a as as an excess of talent mm-hmm. with the main character mm-hmm. Jane, and instead of it being something that might be a, a kind of a rare condition for somebody, what are your thoughts on oh, that? I love the differences? that? Oh, I love that. Oh. That interpretation is is beautiful, and and uh, and can spark an even bigger conversation, right? Around what what is talent, and what is and what do we label as weaknesses in our society? Mm. Um, and I just think that's a beautiful interpretation, and. I certainly welcome it. Oh gosh, that's yeah. great. We're gonna we're gonna take that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you know what? We better just go ahead and flip the story here on talent and read yes. a piece of the screenplay for our listeners. So, um, readers, listeners, if you're following all along, y'all. all y'all, all y'all <laughs> in the script shop world, we're gonna start on page four, about the middle of page four. In this reading, Jack's gonna be reading the maestro. I'll be reading for Jane, and then Helena's actually gonna be doing our action headings because we are Frankless. Womp womp. Womp womp. Frank's what getting his brakes done or something? He, he well, first of all, good. <laughs> yeah, I know because he's got a big trip, yeah. right? But also, I wish that people would start tweeting about how much they miss Frank. So yeah. He'd feel guilty and come back to the show, folks. The only way we're gonna get Frank back in here is through a guilt trip. So pack Seriously. your bags. Let's take Frank on a guilt trip, please. Frank. Frank loves fandom. So if you want Frank on the show, start tweeting at us in a big way so we can say, "Look, Frank, get your butt in here to script shop because everyone misses you." Hashtag Where's Frank? <laughs> Come on, Frank. That's right. right. Okay, so uh, let's set this up, shall we? You want to set it up, Jack? Yeah, so uh, we, like we said, uh, this Jane character is uh, an orchestral pianist, and she is sitting down with uh, Maestro Mantello for uh, a luncheon of some kind. It's sort of a job interview, um, and it's... He's uh, exuding, let's say, ridiculous amounts of confidence that start to border on uh, inappropriate behavior and uh, words. And that that's actually the part that we're going to be reading from is right when he starts to cross over from being uh, Mr. Big Important Maestro Musician Guy to saying things and doing things that, that are not appropriate in a professional meeting like what this is supposed to be. Yes. Is there anything that you two would like to add to this moment? Uh, you did a good job there, Jack. Thank you. Yeah, Who needs sure Frank? <laughs> yeah. Do you hear that? Frank Schmank. We're good. <laughs> okay. So, All right. Helena, whenever you're ready, yeah. you can just take it away. Okay. Jane toys with her locket. She grazes it across her chest for comfort, back and forth, as if a lullaby has started in her mind. Maestro watches. You see, you're a first for me, for this symphony, even. Oh? How so? You just get it. You have it. I'm, I'm sorry? Have what? An erotic charge. Jane, let's go over locket. To your work, of course. Of course. <laughs> wow. Um, I've never thought of my work. As... I knew you were special the moment I heard you. I, I knew that you would get it when you stepped on that stage. Hell, when you entered the theater, I knew. So so then you knew the moment you saw me. Huh? You said you knew it the moment you heard me, but then talked about my entrance, which has nothing to do with how I sound. So it was the moment you saw me then. That, that you knew, I mean. <laughs> you see me, Jane. You see me. I like that. You see me, and I see you. 
I do. You don't think I do, but I do. He reaches a hand across the table and lightly places it atop of hers. The sounds of the cafe intensify like a train through a tunnel until Jane pulls her hand away. Maestro, with the same hand, tops up her wine glass further and gestures for her to drink. Jane obliges with a small sip. Now, Jane, let's lighten up. Tell me this. What's your favorite nursery rhyme? Jane places a hand to her locket. She rocks it back and forth across her clavicle. She hums. Mary had a little lamb. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mary had a little lamb. Royal Philharmonic. A real triumph. Colorful orchestrations. Simple but strong with a unity to it. It's actually personally a great comfort to me. I'm glad you asked that question. And yours? He takes another sip of wine. Ride a cock horse. Yet another sip. The girl's giggle from the other table spills over and invades Jane's ears just for a moment. She shakes them off. Literally, he notices. I need not tell you why. Well, I assume it was the embellished use of horn off the top. Jane takes a sip of wine now. Jane, may I caution you on something? Of course. A life of an orchestral pianist is quite isolated at times. You'll have a lot more free time than your colleagues. He smiles at the table of girls. They smile back. You may need to build relationships outside of work. Interpersonal skills that musicians of your caliber are notoriously bad at. Well, I compose, so that actually works really well. It's partly why I apply. And a cat does not count, young lady. <laughs> what? I don't have a cat. You know what I mean. No, I don't. Jane, focus. Jane takes another sip of wine. Maestro, Mantello, I, I... The server returns and places bread and tapenade on the table between them. Jane sips again. Maestro tucks his napkin under his chin and digs in. The server returns with olive oil. Mantello dips his bread. I like this girl. He may be the one. Excellent, sir. The server leaves the table again. Jane sips the wine. Uncomfortable. Easy there. You could get us into trouble if you're not careful here. I have referrals I provided earlier, references for my past collaborations, in particular my being a student of Tufsky at Summertime's VSO, performing master classes with Caputo Parks, Janelle Hammer, Daniel Cram. <laughs> Dan, yes, what a joker. Last summer I did performances with the orchestra in the Basilica de San Pietro at Music Fest Perugia, Italy, and again with Tufsky. <laughs> yes, 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 Tufsky. That doesn't surprise me at all that he liked you, I mean. He always has a way of sniffing out young talent. Do you find him handsome? He was, is, a great influence, a true mentor. I wish him well at TSO. Well, it's obvious you grew out of him. That's why you're here. The girls at the table laugh loudly and clink their glasses. It's too much for Jane's ears. I, could you excuse me for a moment? Of course. I'll be here. End scene. There we go. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm so interested about the way that you've constructed the maestro's actions and words, because like we said, he's for sure being inappropriate. He's already made physical contact by grabbing her hands. There's a part where she he... doesn't want to drink wine right. either. Just for the listeners to set this up, yeah. she declines alcohol and he orders her a glass anyway. As any asshole would do. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a bit later on when he gets her, he orders her a cup of coffee and she takes a sip and then he takes the cup and takes a drink out of it, putting like her lipstick mark where his lips go. He's, there's no question that this guy is acting In a like pro -pro. a creep. Yeah. But it's, you're, you're, you've written it really subtly. Like he's not a, a mustache twirling cartoonish kind of villain if you know what i mean like you have him walking like this really subtle line of i'm gonna push the boundary here and i'm gonna push the boundary here and i'm gonna leave it up to you to decide yeah. whether or not you want to call me out on it and I'm, yep. I'm just interested about the process of building a character like this um being being a woman in the world sorry um i i uh i Oh, I think discord for me can be summarized by Jane's question. Where's the line here? Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the question we were asking with it. We, and I'll let Helena speak for herself. I've certainly had 
these conversations and um you know it, it's uh if it were more obvious you can react and you can react um bigger more with a big yeah, no there's there's a there's and and there's so much at stake for Jane and and you know and even even the maestro himself you know what is the culture that he's grown up in and the work culture that he's in where even there's an obliviousness right that, that this is just how you know uh, how it's done right or uh, like and there's an ignorance there with like yeah. uh, that his behavior is inappropriate for for some right so for some of those yeah. gestures and things. Um, I think that this gray area, this this uh, gray area that uh, is so unclear, is is really what we're all grappling with now, with mm -hmm. with the Me Too movement. With you know, we're all going, what what is, where is the line? What is harassment? What gets called out? What, how do we have these interactions now? Um, how do we stand up for ourselves? I think it's a lot more questions than it is answers, mm -hmm. and that's what was was we were playing with it's how do we make jane his actions so that she is not sure if she's overreacting if she's arrogant for thinking that he's thinking this way about her if you know mm -hmm. if she's making presumptions that aren't there we want the audience the reader to feel what she we you know what she feels in that situation potentially which is like i don't i don't know maybe i would be the asshole for saying like hey you know <laughs> Are you coming on to me right now? Right. Because um, well, it's, it's all phrased as a work setup, where from the beginning he says, you know, if this is just a formality. If it was up to me, you'd be in the orchestra, but we have to meet and talk about a few things, particularly your, your career, and then keep slipping in these really kind of aggressively sexual yeah. ugh, mm -hmm. statements and, to and her. And, you know, to do it, you know, really, like, you know, Jack – when you were asking about how, how do you layer that? Well, mm. we, we really had to get into Maestro Mantello's mind of being mm. a person that's not sure they're crossing the line. I mean, he's lived in arrogance and he's lived in power. He's lived in being able to assign people things. He, he has a whole orchestra literally at his fingertips when he's conducting. So this is someone who has power, has lived with power. And it was really exploring that, especially in this heightened, um, you know, the climate that we're in, like what Jax was saying, but also thinking of it from his perspective where you kind of put out a little bit, you know, it's your fishing. You put out, you put out a little bit of bait and then, and then you reel it back in a little bit of gaslighting there. And then you put it out oh, again yeah. and did they catch the bait? And then, Oh no, that's just a gaslight. You know, we've all kind of been in situations as, as women where you're not, you can't tell I mean, mm -hmm. If you explained it to someone else, it might be really obvious. You know, when you're in the elevator or you're driving home, you're like, this was so obvious. I wish I had said the right thing. But that's not how they lead in. So it was just really trying to bring yourself back into being really in that situation. And this truly is the subtleties that, that occur, you know, yes. quite regularly, yeah. really. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's interesting to me because when you read it, like as a, as a, as a reader, I see on the page all the inappropriateness, and I'm really curious to see it in yeah. a final production because there's a lot about kind of dynamic between Jane herself and um, the maestro that could could play into so much more subtlety than exactly what is on the right. written page where, you know, maybe the challenges between them electrify both of them for good or for bad, and they're struggling not only with just kind of the inappropriateness or the professionalism of the situation but also with each other in real time with a real energy between them mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely um well we're excited about who we've cast for maestro jeb beach um because he is the furthest thing from <laughs> <laughs> the maestro character um like he's so and and we we purposefully wanted that um that he can so that it becomes when when it's someone you know it's the person ugh, i'm trying to how am i trying what do i want to say here uh, that 
Like you said before, he's not twisting his mustache, you know, and being like, oh, so obviously, like, inappropriate. Right, it's, let's go back to my place. This is, yeah, this is someone mm-hmm. who's very, it's like you want them to be your mentor. You you admire them. You So it's it's like, uh, is this, is it inappropriate? I don't know because I want him so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to think the best he's of charming. him. Right. She yeah. says on page 10, where is the line here? Right. And is that the question you were posing in terms of what everybody is struggling with what the line is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's and, and, exactly it. Yeah. And, and you know, it was interesting about that line too, that, that was Jack's. And, and I really remember that because I kind of struggled a little bit at the beginning because I thought, is that, it's not an on the nose dialogue. It's a very necessary dialogue, but I myself, if I was in that situation, don't think I would have had the courage to Did, say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I get that because it's like, it has to build up so much that she almost has to ask it, you know? So we have, it's as if you're on a bus and somebody's stepping on your toe and they step on your toe a little bit and you say, please yeah. get off my toe. And they step on your toe again. You say, I'm sorry, you're stepping on my toe. Can you pay attention and stop? And by, by the fourth, fifth, sixth time they've stepped on your toe, you're practically shouting at them, stop stepping on my toe. That's what you have here is that there's all this build up, this build up, this build up to even though it's just completely muddy for her and probably for him, she just says it. Where's the line here? And of course, he says, excuse me, and starts backing away. Yeah, this away is when he becomes Mr. Super Innocent. Yeah. yeah, he grabs the bill. He starts trying to leave. And she's like, wait, I'm sorry. No, do I have the job? Are we, what? What's happening? And he's like, nope, sorry, I got to go. And that's an interesting, that's the other thing that I was really curious to talk to you about is the way this ends with her more implicitly getting the job. But I I feel like there's still, the way it's worked into the script, there's still a bit of a cost there with him telling her to ditch that locket that she keeps sort of moving around on her neck. And I'm curious if, I mean, it's not her surrendering her dignity per per se, but he's telling her, hey, ditch that locket. And I'm curious if that's supposed to be him at the end trying to get something out of her and like sort of notch some kind of win or is it uh, more of like a a portent of this guy is going to be something you're always going to have to deal with like a a warning of future problems that's a good question i i jacks i i honestly would say it it's really both okay you know it it, it's both Mm -hmm. because it's both and more it's yeah go ahead helena sorry yeah well i i just think that uh um just how Allison was even describing that that feeling where you're not sure if you have the job or not or, or what you can do and that sort of where she's sort of grasping. Um, I'm so glad that you think that we captured that because it was that sort of anxiety if, if you know if you have the job or not. And then almost where you she might be willing to compromise and then he he does one over her, like what you're saying, Jack. Mm-hmm. He, he really has that moment, which is a very flippant moment for him. I I, I don't think he's even aware of that kind of power. He probably does that several times a day to other people. Right. You know, it's the same thing if he was, you know, when he's walking out the door and he sees two charming women, if he said, you know, you look great. Um, If your hair was just a couple more inches shorter, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing that that's, that can happen. Mm -hmm. I I feel like that was his moment for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't like it. <laughs> no. I have like a mm-hmm, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, I mm. think um, I think there was also we were we were posing a question again of um, you know do you get your dream at what cost? Um, how much compromise are you willing to do? Sometimes you find yourself compromising and you didn't. I think it's you know for her it's like oh what just happened almost you know. Um, and the locket was very symbolic for us of her mother and her relationship with her mother and that sense of grounding of, you know, why she was fighting for this. Um, and for him to say, you need to lose that, it's almost like you, you need to you need to go completely off your you, you lose yourself right. to this. You lose you go off center to come and be to have this. And and it's that question of, you know, it's like. Do you give yourself away in small pieces for this greater thing or do you stand your ground? And it's also murky. It's also gray. Um, and, you know, I, I love when characters get what they want, but they're not they're not sure whether they want it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, mm. and yeah, an, an ambiguous ending is always uh, something I'm interested in because I feel like that's that's also life. We don't really end things tidy. It's It's very like 
oftentimes we go through experiences and have more questions, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, speaking of healing. the backstory with her mother, is that something, is that whole bit of the story something that you consider making into a larger storyline? Do you have plans to produce this past just the short film that we see now into something that's bigger, a series, a, um, a feature, right. or any of that? Well, it's interesting. Right now, presently, we're, we've actually coupled it with two. Um, we've adapted it into a play format, and yeah, we've coupled it with it. two other short plays that have similar themes, um, uh, one written by Helena and then one uh, written by us again as a partnership. Um, and we're going to workshop that in Vancouver at the beginning of December. Also, Helena and I are working on uh, a series called Fair Waters, and it has a lot of similar themes. We both um, have been very touched by grief uh, recently. Um, forgive me, Helena, for sharing that. Perhaps I should yeah, have checked with you. Um, um, and so that's becoming grief, um, suspension of time, a relation to our relation to time and, and space through grief, um, and, and emotional labor, particularly between the sexes and inequity in that. These are all themes that we're very interested in. And well, yeah. it is starting to go into, um, there would be the flavor of discord for sure in fair waters. And so, so that's, mm-hmm. I, did you feel like I answered that Helena? Is that- yeah. And I think, you know, it, Discord really, I feel the the lovely part about doing a short is how you can kind of leave it. Um, sort of it it unravels a little bit. You're not quite sure what happens and and you know, short films or short scripts sort of give you permission to sort of do that. And that's a really fun exercise from yeah. as a writer um, to expand that. There were things that we had thought of doing. You know, there is a bathroom scene that we didn't talk about where, Jane goes into the bathroom and she basically has her, you know, it's kind of your screaming in your pillow moment or screaming mm-hmm. in your car moment. She's screaming in a bathroom right. moment. Um, um, and, and I really hoped that we could explore and expand on that. But, but I think what we ended up doing instead is we, we saw the value of it being this short and putting it into this trilogy of playlets that, that we're workshopping, which is just more, you know, it's fun to have the freedom of doing that on stage. But then also bringing those running themes into Fairwaters, which is just a, a a larger project because it's you know episodic television. Um, but um, and and sort of doing more from the theme of not not so much Me Too, right, Jax? It's a little bit more um, the theme of uh, emotional labor, which which. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first started our discussions about Discord, it, it began with this. Uh, um, the unsaid things that sometimes women do that that our, our male counterparts might not be aware of, and then it became discord. But we're going to bring that into this this series a little more. I'm sure there's going to be a Jane in there somewhere, though, don't you think so, Jax? Oh yeah, I, I think she's already sort of in Riley a bit, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think our <laughs> protagonist Riley in, mm-hmm. in Fairwaters has very much has a Jane slash Helena slash Jack slash Ashley (laughs) in her. That's fun. A lot of moms, yeah. I'm really excited that you guys are producing this, whether you're talking stage or whether you're talking about filming it as a short, because there's so much... There's so much interesting tension in the script in and of itself when in, for, for essentially a script where it's two people just sort of talking back and forth. And then she has this moment in the bathroom uh, where she sort of is able to find some peace and will things to get her to get her head straight. And I'm so excited that this is potentially being produced in some way to see the levels of like, you know, what Allison said before about what some different actors can bring to the table and uh, like sound design. And even if this was to be filmed, the editing and to really sort of convey to the audience this level of tension and chaos that she's having to cope with while she's also dealing with this guy doing this crap that he's doing. Uh, I think there's there's so many ways that this it, it can be amped up even more than just what's already on the page. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's something I'm super excited to direct. I, I really love that uh, layer of, layering of sound, that um, idea of building the sound and working with sound design for this, um, and just where to have the camera move to to really experience it yeah. from mm-hmm. Jane's perspective. Uh, that's perspective. incredibly exciting to mm-hmm. me. It has such surrealist um, mm-hmm. potential with Big it. Time. So, yeah, it's... Uh, 
Yeah, I'm excited too. That's great. <laughs> yeah, when we talk about budget, a lot of the times we're talking about, well, sound is, sound. is key. Is key for yes. this. Sound's going to matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations, ladies. This is a super cool, and I'm really excited for you on this. Mm-hmm. So if somebody well, wants to... thank you for reading it. Oh, gosh, our pleasure. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> if somebody wants to get in touch with you about this screenplay and how they can either be involved or talk to you more about your work, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Well, I would say um, we both have websites. Um, what do you think, Jax, that we... Yeah, sure. Um, I, I'd, I'd say, uh, well, my website's jacksmith.com, um, but I'm also pretty active on Instagram. So um, my Instagram handle is at the jacksmith, um, only because Jack Smith was taken. Ah. So it's T H E and then J A X S M I T H. And yeah, I'd, uh, I'd welcome a follow and a DM and go from there. Uh, I also do have a, um, a way of contacting me through a contact form on my website. So that's, that's me. And then, um, I actually have a little company, um, called orange knapsack productions. Mm -hmm. So it's literally orange knapsack with a K productions. Um, but also just under my name, um, Helena Taylor, but also I'm very active on Twitter because boy, are there a lot of writers on Twitter and yeah. do we ever support each other? The writing, you know, hashtag writing community is wonderful. If you're going to procrastinate, it's a way to go. Um, <laughs> but, sure. And on that note, my handle is at procrastinwriter. So, <laughs> um, so I, yeah. And I, it's, it's so fun getting in touch with writers. I, the, the more people who I can follow, the better. So well, wonderful, and we're going to be happy to uh, make sure people can uh, find you and uh, list links and uh, pertinent links and whatnot, both on uh, scriptshopshow.com, and then, of course, we'll be tweeting about things and posting things on Facebook uh, about you as well. So please, folks, if you're hearing this, reach out, let make some more connections, do the networking thing that we all hate but we know is ultimately good for us and can be fun if we don't think of it as a titled networking thing. Yeah, it's just getting to know someone. Yeah, you're just meeting people. Thank you both so much for being on the show tonight. We've really loved getting to dive in with you on this screenplay. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you so much. So. Yes, thank you for having us. Loved it. All right. All right. Well, that's Helena and Jax. Boy, that was... Yeah, yeah. It's like there's so much in here. So much in here. And that's just really a small little piece of what... There's just so much we could talk about for, like, hours, but... Who would listen to us for that long? Well, I'd, I mean, we'd, you know, I we'd would. listen to each other. I would li- <laughs> Me and you and Jackson, Helena. Yeah. We should just, we should go to Vancouver and yes. find them. Script shop, road trip. Yes. And then we could, <laughs> <laughs> and then we could keep talking about everything because it's so beautiful. And yeah, the whole screenplay is just really, really gorgeous and colorful. And clearly they put so much thought into just talking about Helena with her specificity and, and just the way that they were building this thing around and uh, incorporating elements of a person they actually know. And, and just, it, it, it's uh there's, there's a lot going on. And if you haven't read the script, shame on you, go on to scriptshopshow.com slash scripts uh, and you can read it. We would love for you to do that. Yeah. And if you are really interested in connecting with us or connecting with them, you can find us, friend us, follow us boom, boom, on boom. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Look us up. Uh, at Script Shop Show on Twitter, I am at your bestie Westy, and I'm at Script Shop Jack. Is there anything else we got to say? I don't think so, Frank. I- I'd love to Frank? check in with Frank, Frank to see if we you- screwed oh, this up or not. Mm, Frank, what do you Frank. got? You got something, Frank? Mm, do we do too it? Too busy keeping your life on the road yeah, safe. Frank's busy. Yeah, he's trying to not Fine. crash. Okay, Frank. Whatever. <laughs> so until next week, friends. That's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.